Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News. Hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, parents, pay attention. Pay attention here. Your children, especially teenagers, are much more likely to die from suicide than COVID-19. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked in the PC. Police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition there of the Ledger time, Report. A time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Summer camps are coming up and a lot of parents are looking forward to sending those kids out and hoping they have a great summer since they weren't able to last summer. But the CDC guidelines right now for kids in summer camps say masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors, by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two years old. And campers should stay three feet apart, even outdoors. My question to you is, given what research shows about uh, transmission outside, about the low risk of serious illness in children, are these CDC guidelines excessive? You know, I wouldn't call them excessive, uh, Savannah, but they certainly are conservative. (laughs) And and I think what you're going to start to see is really in real time, continually reevaluating that for its practicality. Because you're right, people look at that and they say, well, is that being a little bit too far right now? Yeah, because aren't we supposed to be? Fo- we're, I mean, we've been told people have been preaching for a year. Follow the science. The science right, doesn't right. suggest those CDC guidelines are too sensible for little kids outside in 90 degree heat running around with masks. <laughs> yes, yeah, Savannah, you've asked me that question a couple of times before. <laughs> I'm asking for two kids named Vale and Charlie, age six and four. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right. The CDC makes decisions based on science. They will continually reevaluate that. You're right. It looks a bit strict, a bit stringent, but that's the reason why they keep looking at that and trying to, you know, reevaluate literally in real time. Stop tape. Stop tape. I'm sorry to torture you with another episode of Dr. Fauci and his multiple faces. Too bad he's not wearing a mask here. Why aren't you wearing a mask there, Dr. Fauci? Huh? One mask, two masks, 12 masks, 200 masks. How about 200 masks? Wouldn't that be the safest? How about if you mask your entire body? How about if we put ourselves in the John Travolta bubble? If you're old enough to remember that movie, then you're laughing right about now. Most people probably have no clue what I'm talking about. I was back in the 70s. John Travolta was a budding actor. And um, I think it was even before he did, uh, certainly before he did Saturday Night Live or Saturday Night Fever. Um, it was before Carrie, I believe. He was still kind of doing just television. He was on Welcome Back, Carter. But he was the boy in the bubble 
And the entire movie made for television was about this this kid who had to live in a bubble because his immune system was degraded to that point. And they would wheel him around in this um, kind of plexiglass kind of cage, uh, if you will. So if you want to live your life like the early years of introducing John Travolta, uh, a boy in the bubble, go ahead, knock yourself out. But we need to allow children to be children, Dr. Fauci. This is the point that Savannah Guthrie kind of dances. Typical television news anchor. As Mort Saul once said, most television news anchors have a $25 haircut on a $10 head. Well, Savannah Guthrie's in New York, so maybe it's a $200 haircut and perm and whatever on a $10 head. I'm asking for Vale and Charlie. No, ding dong. You should be pressing this guy. You should be pointing out the hypocrisy of this guy and the inconsistency of this guy. We know, yes, the science, especially as it pertains to children. Your children, Savannah, and by the way, that's one of those gratuitous mentions so she can go home. I know the way these news anchors work. Remember, I'm a recovering television news stud. Um, I'm, I'm no longer a member of the mainstream media. I'm recovering. It's a 12-step process. I'm on step number 11 and a half. I just got my chip. I know how these people think. So she can go home that night to her husband and her kids and say, oh, I mentioned your name on national TV, Charlie and Vale. <laughs> and then all her friends will say, oh, that was so cute. And then they'll go in there and put masks on their children. Because that's the woke thing to do. Savannah Guthrie can't be seen around New York without a mask on. Right? This would be a fireable offense at CBS. Because you're not being woke. It's so disgusting. Why doesn't she ask Fauci? We know the mortality rate among children, is statistically zero. It's on your CDC website. Dr. Fauci, this is child abuse to put a mask on a child under any circumstances, let alone summer camp, when they're running around. Yeah, 90 degree heat. I don't care if it's 90 degree. It could be 70 degree heat. You're in San Francisco, it's 55 degrees. Coldest winter you ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Wear a mask. It doesn't matter the heat. The fact is, a mask is tantamount to child abuse. These children should not be masked, forced to think that, oh, their neighbor next to me. Think, think like a 7-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old. We used to run around telling people they had cooties. Try and explain to somebody from a foreign country what cooties are. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt it here, but it was a game, right? Cooties was a game, an incurable uh, social disease that didn't exist. And that was, you, you know, you run around, you tag somebody. Oh, they have cooties now, right? Oh, Graham has cooties. It was one of those things you want to stay away from, but you didn't know exactly what it was. But in this case, we know what the disease is. We know what the virus is, and we know the survival rate. We know the mortality rate. You can survive cooties 
and you're going to survive COVID, odds are, if you're under the age of 30. That is the fact. Ah, but you may not survive suicide because the latest numbers are devastating COVID deaths versus suicide in certain age groups. I want to talk about that, but first I want to remind you this here program is brought to you by MyPillow and Mike Lindell. And in the back door kind of way, Frank's speech, which is just starting to get going after being mercilessly attacked by these cyber nutcases who want to destroy free speech. All Mike Lindell wants to do with frankspeech.com is to allow people to speak freely within certain kind of um, moral limits. Won't let you use the Lord's name in vain. Fine with me. I can't do that on television. Um, So instead of these people supporting Mike Lindell and MyPillow and his frank speech, they're attacking. So hang in there. It's it's a build. It's a process. It's going on. And we want to support MyPillow. If you go to MyPillow.com, you put in Ledger, my last name, L-E-D-G-E-R, in the promo code box, you'll get up to 66% off. If you go to GrahamLedger.com, you also see a link to my pillow right there on the home page. There's a couple of them, actually. And you can sign up for this here podcast at GrahamLedger.com. And you can also answer the question, which right now the Ledger register is, did you receive one of the COVID vaccines? And if you have, my guest on this here program, on this episode of the Ledger Report, is Dr. Tenpenny, and I'm going to ask her explicitly, what can you do? Now that we have a lot of evidence coming out that tens of millions of Americans made a mistake, potentially, what is the number now? 150, 200 million Americans have had at least one shot of the Wuhan coronavirus vaccines. We don't know what this injection is going to do. We know it's not a vaccine per se, Some people call it a medical device that's being injected into people. It is not a vaccine by ordinary definition. And we'll let Dr. Tenpenny uh, talk about this. Uh, The the vaccine, children, masks, all this nonsense. Uh, But also, what do you do now? You you, you go on my ledger register on GrahamLedger.com and you answer the question, have you had the vaccines for COVID-19? And if you answer yes... And now you're hearing all this news about the potential deadly and crippling side effects, including autoimmune disease, Kawasaki disease, blood clots. Yeah, we know about that. So what do you do that you've allowed this injection into your body that can potentially change your DNA? Holy moly. It's it's pretty scary stuff. But the children and the rate of death for COVID-19 and the rate of death by suicide. I want to put up a a graph. I hope you can read it. It, It's pretty explicit. COVID deaths among a couple of age groups, young age groups, versus suicide. And the numbers are devastating. This is the age range between 5 years old and 14 years old. In that age group, The children, and we're talking grammar school and middle school. Not even high school at this point. 14, yeah, you can be 14 in high school. 
10 times more likely to die a suicide. Now, real time, as we speak, it wasn't this way two years ago before the Wuhan coronavirus. 10 times more likely to die of suicide than the Wuhan coronavirus. The next age group up, same thing. 15 to 24, 10 times more likely to die from the Wuhan coronavirus. I'm sorry, from suicide than the Wuhan coronavirus. 10 times more likely to die from suicide than the Wuhan coronavirus. Now, if Savannah Guthrie were doing her job and Dr. Fauci cared, we know Fauci has side deals with these pharmaceuticals. We know this. We just don't have the empirical evidence and we don't have a mainstream media that's willing to dig. But we have some anecdotal evidence that that Fauci is making a hell of a lot more than his 400000 plus salary from the federal government. So why aren't they talking about this? Hey, Savannah, what you parents really need to know, rather than putting a mask on a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old at summer camp, what parents really need to know is that it's 10 times more likely that they are to die from suicide than the Wuhan coronavirus. Don't you think that's important, Dr. Fauci? Don't you think that's more important, Savannah Guthrie and your your two kids, Vale and Charlie? Shouldn't you be more concerned about the likelihood of death by suicide? Why is the suicide rate up, Dr. Fauci? Why is the suicide rate up, Savannah Guthrie? Don't you care? We know why. It's not anecdotal evidence. We know it's because we locked up these kids for a year for no good reason. We locked them up, put them in front of a computer and said, go Zoom your life away. Forget about interacting with children. Forget about facial expressions with other human beings because you got to wear a mask. How do you know somebody's smiling at you at the grocery store when you're walking around and everybody has a mask on? How do you know if they're sticking their tongue out at you? We need, human beings need to be able to see people's facial expressions for a multitude of reasons. What about the 10 million people who are hard of hearing in this country? You don't think that that's discriminatory? The fact that most of the population, if you're in California, virtually all the population is wearing a mask and you're relying on reading lips to communicate? You don't think that that's discriminatory? I do. And I think it is child abuse. And we are stunting kids' growth to force them into situations that's clearly causing harm. And these suicide numbers are empirical evidence that we are harming an entire generation of children. How do they recover from this? I'm not just talking about the kids that didn't get to walk down the aisle at graduation in 2020 and 2021. That is criminal enough. But how do we recover from etching into these indelible minds at this age that your neighbor could be a walking, talking infection bomb and you need to stay away six feet? What is this going to do to the childbirth rate in this country 20 years from now. Hmm? Ever thought of that? Stay six feet apart, have children, 
How does that work? Exactly. You think after 20 years, all this is going to go away? Well, it might, as it did in other cases of bad things in this country, but there are also going to be lingering effects. And remember, these kids today, 30 years from now, are going to be in leadership. 40 years from now are going to be in leadership positions. And the ones who adhere to Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the Marxist philosophy are going to remember, oh yeah, oh yeah, we forced people to wear a mask. What are they going to force people to do if they get into leadership positions in government? What are they going to force people to do 30, 40 years from now? Think about it. Think about a maniacal maniac, the next Gavin Newsom or Andrew Cuomo that's going to rise to power. It it happens in this country because we have this thing called freedom in the Constitution. And bad people can rise to prominence. It happens. Our system usually takes care of them and makes them go away one way or another. But these days, with the cancel culture and the media not doing their job, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier for future Gavin Newsom's and future Andrew Cuomo's to rise to prominence prominence, and then impose whatever their Marxist... I've warned people in California as, as a just one reason to recall Gavin Newsom that today it's masks because of COVID. Tomorrow it's what? Hmm? If this guy survives in California, the recall, look out. Look out. He's going to go, you think he's off the constitutional rails now? He's going to double down. He's going to triple down on his Marxist philosophies. And he doesn't care about, he does care about winning re-election. And he cares about surviving, of course, the recall election. But he's going to continue. Think about what he's done. If he really was afraid, he would have opened up California six months ago. If he was really afraid of a recall. But he knows that there are majorities in California that either support him and his Marxist philosophies or are not paying attention. And between the two, that's enough to keep him in office. That's what he's banking on. But I will say this. I don't want to get off the subject too much, but I will say this. I am not supporting Caitlyn Jenner. I don't want you to take this wrong, okay? I do not support him. But the messaging, and in particular this two-minute ad, if you haven't seen it, you got to take a look, uh, is hitting on all cylinders in California. All constitutional, freedom, and liberty-loving cylinders. And if that resonates with the people of California, then maybe there is hope, number one. And number two, he could change the entire dynamic of this recall election because the other Republican candidates are junk. They're junk. Spike proteins, getting back on COVID, spike proteins, what are they? Well, if I had to try and explain in layman's terms, they allow cells to adhere to other cells, basically. And I think Dr. Tenpenny can explain it a hell of a lot better. Spike proteins, I believe, can be good or can be bad. But spike proteins are involved in the 
virus attaching itself to human cells and then spreading throughout the body. So spike proteins are an important element to the spread and and I believe even the transmission of COVID-19. But spike proteins are also what are contained in the vaccines for the Wuhan coronavirus. Interesting that it's spike proteins that are identified as the problem and they are injecting another form of spike proteins through the vaccines into the bodies of Americans as we speak. So is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Joining me now is an expert in problems with vaccines, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Doctor, I was trying to explain in layman terms what a spike protein is. Spike protein can be good. Spike protein can be bad. Depends on how it's applied and how it's being used. But in terms of the Wuhan coronavirus vaccines, where do you see it being problematic? One of the problems with the spike protein is that it uh, it can cause all kinds of damage inside of the body. Now, the purpose of each one of these injections is to generate a spike protein that should be the same or very similar to the spike protein that is found on the surface of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that's the bench researchers approach to what they were trying to do is that if there's a spike protein on the surface of this virus, that, that the spike protein acts like a key that goes into the ACE2 receptor on the surface of organs, unlocks the door and allows the virus to get inside of the cell and start to replicate. And so the idea was, well, if we can block that spike protein from binding into that receptor, then the virus can't get inside the cell and start to replicate. So these, so the researchers decided that they would in, introduce a messenger RNA, a little strip of genetic material that has a recipe on the front of it that is translated by the ribosomes and turns into the spike protein. The spike protein's floating around in your body. You make an antibody to it. And then the idea is, is that antibody would block the spike protein on a coronavirus. The problem is, is that each one of those injections generates about 50 billion, five zero, 50 billion spike proteins. And what we are now finding out and is coming out almost weekly now is the problems associated with that spike protein that is generated by those shots. That spike protein can uh, puncture your blood brain barrier, go into your brain, modify a gene that can lead to ALS. It can modify a protein that can lead to dementia. The spike protein itself can cause cardiovascular uh, problems. We've now seen unequivocally that the spike protein can cause arrhythmias. It can attack the mitochondria. It can attack the uh, lungs. There was an article that came out just this last week from the Salk Institute in Pittsburgh. And the researchers, what they did was they created a fake virus. They just had a shell. They put spike proteins on it, then exposed that shell with no genetic material in it. So it wasn't a real virus. It was just a shell with a spike protein on it. They exposed that to experimental animals and showed unequivocally that the spike protein can cause cardiac anomalies. It can also have um, cause problems with the lungs. One of the researchers came out and said, why are we doing this? Why are we introducing a shot? into a body to create a protein that now we have scientific proof is causing sickness in the recipients of those shots. All right, let me stop you there. Does it compound the fact that, would you consider these synthetic uh, spike proteins as well versus uh, organic? 
Well, I, I'm not quite sure that that's the the way to frame it. They mm. they are they are supposed to be the same genetic material or the same recipe. It should be if you took the spike protein off the surface of a coronavirus and looked at it under a microscope, and you took this spike protein that is generated by this shot, they're supposed to be the same. But therein lies the rub, Graham. Mm. Nobody's done that. Nobody. Right. Okay, it's all so these, theoretical. these spike proteins that we're infusing through uh, what many are calling a medical device, not a vaccine, it's some sort of experimental medical device that's being in, injected into people's bodies, are like little warriors running around to fight wars, right? And ostensibly, uh, Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer say that the war they're going to fight is against coronavirus. But in reality, what you're saying is that they're going to fight other battles that could be potentially uh, harmful. Uh, especially in the long run to human beings attacking things and causing things that they don't want to have happen inside a human body. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And there's two parts to it because now that what these injections, all four of the commonly used shots, there's Pfizer and Moderna that work similarly by injecting messenger RNA. The Johnson and Johnson shot works similarly to the AstraZeneca shot that's used internationally. More, It's not been approved for use here. They, they work uh, similarly. When that spike protein is made and manufactured, the, uh, it's a foreign protein that's floating around in your blood and your body goes, what the heck is that thing doing here? We need to get rid of it. So the next thing that happens is that your T cells, your B cells, your macrophages, your entire immune system says, we need to get rid of that. Let's create an antibody to neutralize that spike protein. Well, that doesn't really happen is what they've seen so far, because now you've got the spike protein that is attaching to your, the surface of your organs. It can actually cause direct damage to your organs. And the third thing that can happen through a process called transfection is that that spike protein can be incorporated into your own DNA. And you also have an antibody to that spike protein that the antibody itself can attack 28 different tissue types in your body and cause an autoimmune reaction to various different types of tissues. So all in all, these shots are all risk, all downside and no benefit. And we're doing it. We are, we've, we've done this massive experiment in order to prevent people from contracting an infection with a less than 1% death rate. And, and, you know, attaching these uh, spike proteins to your DNA means necessarily you're altering uh, your DNA. We have Absolutely. some short-term data, and you've referenced some of it, um, is the ours reporting system, which is voluntary, by the way. So if you have doctors out there who are drinking the Kool-Aid, they're not going to report the bad stuff, are they? But the bottom line is we do have some information. What is the, the latest VARS telling us about these so-called vaccines? The latest VARS, VARS data, which is, which is V-A-E-R-S, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which has been around since 1986. It was part of the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program and the, and the, and the, um, and the, the law that got passed in 1986 to give the drug companies liability protection from childhood vaccines. And so what the FDA said was, well, if we're going to give you complete liability and a complete immunity, we ought to kind of track what you're doing and if there's any sort of, of adverse events. So we also know that somewhere between one and 10% of adverse events are actually reported. The most recent data that we have is from about April the 23rd, and it shows 
30, more than 3,500 deaths and more than 118,900 adverse events that have been reported. We also have found that they're about three months behind in reporting the data. And to put some of that data into perspective uh, for, for, your, for, your, for your viewers here is that on average over the last 20 or 30 years, there have been, there's 17 approved childhood shots and another eight or 10 adult shots. In a, an annualized basis over a 12 month period of time, theirs would gather approximately 30,000 reports of adverse events over 12 months and about 20 shots. So now we've been using this one shot about five months and we've got 118,000, almost 119,000 adverse events reported. And these adverse events are not just a sore arm and, 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 it, um, and maybe a low grade fever. These are massive blood clots, blood clots in your brain, blood clots in your extremities, blood clots in your lungs. Uh, we're now hearing reports of, of, of the miscarriage rate being up by more than 600%. I mean, the list of adverse events that is coming from these injections is just mind boggling of why they have not been pulled off the market and why the doctors, as you say, that are drinking the Kool-Aid are still promoting them. 3,400, roughly 3,400 deaths reported, but 3,500, 3,500, we can multiply that by, you know, you, you, if it's only uh, 10% of the doctors reporting or 1% or somewhere uh, in between, obviously there's a multiplier there that's just simply not being reported and it's not being reported by the media and it's not being reported to the mains, to the, the people getting the shots. And uh, instead the message is simply just line up, shut up uh, and get a shot. And now they're talking about uh, at least 10 million children being given this injection uh, by fall. And I think that's a conservative number, doctor, given the rate that uh, you know, I live in a state where the message every day is, hey, line up and get the vaccine. And we're going to be rolling it out to children under the age of 16 uh, any day, if, if not uh, already. To me, it's not only obviously dangerous, given all the information that you have just touched on right there, but it is it is child abuse. It is potentially stunting, even if they can live through this, uh, stunting their growth to give an experimental vaccine to these children. An experimental vaccine that isn't even a vaccine. I mean, it, it is a genetic modifi modification tool with no studies. I'm like, can anybody show us one study in animals where this is, where this is safe to give to anybody, let alone children? Actually the opposite, right? We know that the opposite is the case in the studies with animals. Many times they've had some severe, including mortality reaction. Exactly. Uh, the animals all died. You know, when they tried to do coronavirus vaccines, they and, and they died secondarily, not directly from the shot, but when they were re-exposed to see whether or not the shot was protective, when they were re-exposed to coronaviruses, they experienced something called ADE, which stands for antibody dependent enhancement. And it actually made them sicker and they got autoimmune disease and they died. Okay, and so, it didn't, so, and it's, it, so and it didn't matter which which mammal they used all so of them died back to children would you in any way shape or form ever recommend children get this? especially because we know the survival rate right and we know the mortality rate for people under the age of 30 in particular under the age of 20 
the mortality rate is practically zero. Would you ever in your right mind as a doctor say, hey, go get your children vaccinated and quote vaccinated or given this injection? Never. It's worse than child abuse. It's genocide. Yeah. And those children, if they survive these shots, if they did, the chances of them have being infertile when they became of the age of, of childbearing age is probably pretty close to 100%. It's, that's devastating. And as I touched on, uh, it could change the entire trajectory. If you do it in a, in a widespread, as we're doing it by the tens of millions in this country, you can literally change the trajectory of the future of a country by crushing the birth rate. I mean, we won't know uh, exactly how bad the side effects are and in terms of sterilization, for example, until 20, 30 years down the road. And it could be potentially devastating. Now, one last thing, doctor, before I let you go, there are a lot of people in America and a lot of people in this audience who have chosen for one reason or another, say they want to go on a cruise, you know, a year from now, they've chosen to get the vaccine. Is there anything, if, if you were injected with this thing uh, against your beliefs and against your will and you were forced, what would you do at this point? There's no antidote. You know, I've said ever since I've been talking about problems associated with vaccines, which goes back almost 21 years now, once you vaccinate, you can't unvaccinate. This one is even more true. Once you've been injected with this genetic modification tool, you're developing these spike proteins that go on indefinitely. You have sensitized your B cells to create these antibodies that cause autoimmune disease indefinitely. You perhaps have actually even modified your own genetic material by that spike protein being incorporated into your DNA. There's nothing to undo that, nothing. And, that's and so now, and now what we're seeing is people say, I got the shot and I'm having these symptoms, fill in the blank. It can be cardiac, pulmonary, brain loss. Uh, people are already starting. I have already got reports, Graham, from uh, doctor friends of mine who've said, I'm, you know, you've been talking about this early onset dementia from these shots because of what the spike protein does in the brain. I saw three in this doctor said to me, I saw three cases of it this week. We're seeing blood clots, we're seeing deaths, we're seeing all kinds of things. And the doctors are burying the data, no pun intended. Just they like are not that. talking about it. They're not warning people about it. They're saying it's anecdotal, it's so infrequent. They are not thinking and they're not standing in the gap protecting their patients. And there's nothing, if anybody's listening and says, wow, I really made a mistake, I should not have done that. I, I'm sorry to report at this point in time, there is no undoing that. Now that could be subject to change. I know that there are a lot of people working on this. They're trying to do things to sort of get rid of that spike protein or stop the antibody production. But as we speak right now, there's nothing to reverse it. Well, hopefully there will be uh, at some point. And it is uh, criminal and it is, uh, I hate to use the word conspiracy, but there is a governmental conspiracy going on here. The FDA back in October, of 2020 had a slide that they produced that listed more than 100 potential side effects and every single one of them that you have mentioned is listed on that slide yet if you go to a friend and you ask them hey did your medical provider tell you about all the potential side effects the answer is no they just sign their lives away literally and get jabbed uh, with this injection doctor uh, and there's if, and there's no liability to them there's right. nobody no, no, no. you can sue. You can't sue the doctor, the nurse, the hospital, the pharmaceutical or the industry, government. the government, yeah. nobody. Yeah. Now You're left you, holding the bag. If folks want more information about you and uh, your good work, uh, where should they go? 
uh, go to drtenpenny.com. It's D-R, no period, tenpenny, T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y, drtenpenny.com. At that point, you can find out about my podcast, um, our educational information, all the um, interviews that I've done, and that's the best place to find all the things that we do. All right, doctor, thank you very much, and God bless you. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Think of the irony in all of this. The messaging that's been put in the heads of young people for now, I don't know, four decades maybe? Five decades? Don't experiment with drugs, right? Don't experiment with drugs. I remember when my daughter was in grammar school, it was the message, you know, they had, uh, was it drug-free day or uh, just say no to drugs day or whatever. I guess they don't say just say no. I'm not exactly sure why, but the message is still there. Don't experiment with drugs. Except in California, of course, where drugs are legal, marijuana at the very least, and they're on their way to uh, legitimizing more powerful drugs, by the way, in California, in case you have another. There's another reason to leave California uh, if you have children. Uh, yeah, there, it, if you don't believe marijuana is a gateway drug to other drugs, Politically, it's a gateway drug to other legalizing other drugs. Okay, maybe we can agree on that because it's going to happen in California and Oregon and Washington. But the message has been don't experiment with drugs. And by drugs, they mean illegal drugs mostly, but then some of the legal drugs as well, like, uh, you know, Oxycontin and fentanyl, I think is technically legal in some form or another. Anyway, the point is don't experiment with drugs. Yet they're telling 330, is it 335 million? 330, 335 million Americans just shut up, line up, and get an experimental drug. May not even be a drug, right, by proper definition. But we'll stipulate it's some kind of drug, even though it's probably a medical device. Just shut up, line up, and get yourself stuck in the arm with an experimental drug. But don't experiment with drugs, but take this experimental drug. It is criminal. It is criminal, absolutely criminal, what is going on here. How do we know 10 or 15 years from now that we haven't crippled a majority of our population? How do we know that we haven't sterilized 50, 60,000 million, I'm sorry, 50, 60 million American women? And we've just crippled the future of our country. Imagine if this is potentially true. 50, 60 million American women get the vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus and they all become sterile or a percentage of them become sterile. You would wipe out America for the future. The birth rate would be crippled to the point where America would not exist Thousand, thousand years or a few hundred years down the road because the population wouldn't be able to replenish itself. Maybe that's what they want. I'm not a conspiracy nut. I don't have tinfoil on the windows nor on my head. But there's something really, really wrong, hypocritical and dangerous about this picture. And I always say to people, do what your grandmother would do. Would your grandmother allow you to wear a mask for eight hours at the checkout line? Would your grandmother put a mask on your two-year-old or your four-year-old or your five-year-old at summer camp? I know what my grandmother would say. She'd do more than say. She would say, testa dura, 
or stupido and hit me upside the head with the wooden spoon. Yeah, I'm a American of Italian descent who survived wooden spoons in the kitchen, okay? Talk about an indelible vaccine. <laughs> That'll stop you from saying bad words, soap also, but the wooden spoon. Do what your grandmother would do. When it pertains to masks, when it pertains to staying healthy, chicken soup, maybe, huh? common sense. When it pertains to the vaccine, do what your grandmother would do. Because we know the numbers are in. That the Wuhan coronavirus is much less lethal than suicides to young people. Suicides brought on by the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.